Welcome back, folks, to Sports Political Discussions. Tonight may be the greatest, most in-depth, most fun episode of the year. We, as a team, will be going through all of our brackets until there is one winner for the, each of us. Sam? Yeah, this is fun. Uh, on the All Access Sports Podcast, about, literally about a year ago today, obviously, because um, things line up like that, this was the best episode in perhaps history. I, like, I thought that might have been one of the best days of my life, recording that episode with the other boys. So this one's going to be fun. You know, we all, we, we've kind of shared our thoughts with each other. Um, some of us see eye to eye with certain stuff. Um, and other things is going to bring up crazy debate. So this is going to be, this is going to be a fun episode. So stay tuned. Uh, the date of recording today is Monday, March 14th. So just a quick little disclaimer before we jump into our predictions. Uh, we still have two days um, until those brackets are really finalized because no one's really making, actually, I guess two and a half if you want to be uh, specific here uh, until brackets are finalized. So changes can and most likely will be made. So not all of these uh, games are finalized for us, especially after playing games, because that can shake some things up for some people. So, uh, yeah, just putting that out there real quick. So uh, I think we're just going to go down uh, from the east, or I mean from the west, sorry, uh, to the east, to the south, to the Midwest regions. And uh, starting us off here, uh, Gonzaga, Georgia State starts us off. Wait, wait. And, um, oh, what if we, instead of went doing it like that, we went in order of how the games are played? Yeah, that's going to be confusing, though. because like, It's going to be like confusing, a- but it'll be fun. It'll kind of put it more in the limelight. I feel like it mixes up. Like, uh, I don't know really what I was going to go with there, but I feel like it makes it more confusing. No, it's a good idea, I think. All we got to do is pull up the schedule. Why don't we try it? Yeah, why not? It's a better that's idea. Fine. I guess we all have our brackets and how they're filled out, so. Yeah, exactly. Um, All right, so uh, starting with first four games. Yeah. Texas A&M Corpus Christi in Texas Southern tomorrow night at 6.40 p.m. Give me uh, Texas Southern. You know, you're in most of the in, – in this case, two teams you don't watch a lot. Um, a good way to <laughs> do – don't watch at all. Yeah. A good way to do this is just kind of take the team that's either statistically better um, using the metrics or a team that has been there before. And for Texas Southern coach, Mike Davis, former Indiana coach, you know, you know, it's just, you, you kind of have a love for former IU coaches. So Texas Southern. Give me well, Southern. Hold up here. Texas A&M Corpus Christi's head coach is a former Purdue assistant coach. So we got a little bit of a rivalry here. I'm taking the Islanders, Texas A&M Corpus Christi, baby. Okay. Give me Texas A&M Corpus Christi just because I like their name and their logo. And their jerseys. Yeah, that's why. All right. 
And our next game is a, a game that has some major value to majority of the people in this podcast. Uh, Wyoming versus Indiana fighting for that 12 spot in the East. Uh, give me the Indiana Hoosiers. They're pretty hot right now. Lost a close one to uh, the Hawkeyes after Jordan Bohannon's uh, shot that he pulled deep, deep out of himself. Yeah, um, sure. So give me the give me the hot hand of the Hoosiers in this playing game. I'm going to drive with the hot hand here, and that is Indiana. The Hoosiers, they play with a, with a different energy under Mike Woodson, and they've played that way all year. Uh, they've lost some close games. Uh, it's a team that I constantly hate on, but, you know, they're, they deserve to be where they are right now. And, and, and um, you know, even maybe they shouldn't be in the first four, especially under a team like Michigan. But um, Wyoming, do not sleep on them. Two very good players on their team in this game at the Garden Center spot. It's going to be a fun one. But Indiana is going to advance into the real tournament. <laughs> wow, I just knew you were going to slip something in there like that. Uh, field of 68 is the real tournament. No, it's uh, not. It, yeah, it is. You know, they, they draft a 68-team field for a reason. So let's not even go there. But, you know, this IUT matches up really well uh, with, with Wyoming. Um, you know, I will say Hunter Maldonado is a um, not a – you know, is going to be tough, but I think that what they're going to try to do is just neutralize him by just consistently switching defenders on him, whether it be, uh, you know, Galloway, Cop, Stewart, Xavier Johnson. They're going to try to neutralize him. And then Trey Jackson Davis, if he can't guard Graham EK, you know, that's, that's on him. But this team's motivated after a tough loss. Give me the Hoosiers. Yeah, I'm basically going to say the exact same thing Meff said. Um, I'm going to go with the Cowboys here just for the fact of Hunter Maldonado and the, uh, the, the mismatch he portrays on the Hoosiers defense um, as, at the 6-7 guard position. Um, and then Grant Mike, uh averaging 19.5 and basically 10 rebounds. I see him as a little bit, little bit of a better player, best player out there almost to say. So I'll, give me the Cowboys. No, actually, never mind. I'm not even going to get into that. Um, this brings us to our third game of these first four. Uh, fighting for the 16 seed, Wright State versus Bryant. And I'm going to take the NCAA's leading scorer, Peter, Chris, Peter Kiss and Bryant in this one. Bryant. <laughs> ditto, ditto. Bryant. Yeah. All right, quick one there for all of us. Uh, and here we jump into an even easier one to pick, the Rutgers Scarlet Knights versus the Notre Dame Fighting Irish to round things off for our Tuesday-Wednesday action. And I know everyone here is going to be taking the Scarlet Knights and Ron Harper Jr. in this matchup. Hot take, Notre Dame should not be in the field. Yeah, absolutely not. Like, I don't think that's hot. I think everyone would agree with that. Yeah, I can no see. reason they're in. I would definitely have had Texas A&M uh, over them after the run that they made, and I'm pretty disappointed in the committee. The only reason they're in is because they went uh, second in the ACC. But um, it says a lot coming from a group of guys who are from Indiana to be to have a consensus like this 
with Rutgers over Notre Dame. Says a lot about Notre Dame. Uh, shout out for sure to uh, Trent DeCrane for giving me my free 20 bucks that I'll be receiving two nights from now as he bet that his Irish would beat Rutgers. And I don't think anyone would not jump on the opportunity to steal 20 bucks in that bet. And uh, that round uh, that finishes things off here for the first four matchups. And now here we are in the round of 64. Uh, we are going um, chronologically and how the games will be played. So starting us off uh, just down the road in Indianapolis at Gainbridge Fieldhouse game. Number one is the six seated Colorado state Rams versus the 11, the most controversial team in this tournament right now. Michigan Wolverines, give me David Roddy and the Rams in this one. Listen, that uh, you could go either way with this game. For a 6-11 matchup, this is as fun as it gets. It's going to be at Gamebridge Fieldhouse in Indianapolis where Michigan fans are going to pack that place. When it's tournament time, they travel, and they don't even have to travel that far on this one. I, I think, that, again, this is going to be a really good game. David Roddy's going to have a good game, but again, with the home court advantage for Michigan, I don't think it'll be enough, and I think Michigan pulls through and moves on. I'm going to take the uh, best player on the court, and that is David Roddy, and I will take the Colorado State Rams. Hold on. Did you just say David Roddy is the best player on the court? I did. He is. David Over Roddy Dickinson? Yeah. Yes. Without a mm-hmm. doubt. Without a doubt? Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's yep. – that's a very tight matchup. I feel like Hunter Dickinson would be averaging over 20, 20 and 10 easily in the Mountain West. Well, good thing David Roddy I mean, that, averages 19 and a half and eight as a guard in the Mountain West. So, I mean, that's what he's averaging around in the Big Ten. So, he's, he's a more impactful player on the game. Let's not, let's not lose sight here, gentlemen. Michigan team was a one seed a year ago. We're gonna, Had one of the best. Yeah, we're going to get the Michigan UCLA comparison of all time. Um, sorry, not of all time. I don't know where that came from. Um, but one of the best regular seasons last year, dang near went to the final four. <laughs> it's not like they lost a crazy amount either. This is a team that underperformed, but a lot of teams underperform and turn it around come March Michigan by a lot. All right. Well, we got a lot of games to get through, so we're just going to move right on after that one. And here is a very interesting one. Uh, the number four Providence Friars versus the under-seeded number 13 yep. South Dakota right. State Jackrabbits down in Buffalo. Um, in this one, I am without a second thought taking the South Dakota State Jackrabbits. This is a team that was receiving top 25 votes just before this season came to a close, and they have not slowed down since running through, winning the conference. And I assume, I thought they were a 10 or an 11, 12 at worst. And 13, man, that is that is not a team you want to be facing as the Friars, especially off the fact that they're going to be fired up after being disrespected by this committee here. Give me the Jackrabbits. Yeah, Drew, that's a really good pick. And I'm going to have to stay on the same path. This is probably going to be one of the most popular upset picks in the tournament. Now, let's look back to a year ago, one of the most popular upset picks. That was Colorado and um, 
Georgetown. A lot of people had Georgetown in that one in the 12-5. I had Colorado, but I, I don't I don't see the, the Friars getting it done here. S- South Dakota State, they just scream March. And I remember they were in it uh, before. Uh, a lot of times it's a lower seed, like 16. But this team's 30-4. and four, and, and their best win has got to be over Washington State by three. And that's a team that can lock down on the defensive side. This Providence team is a team that plays with good energy. They play tough defense. They've got some glue guys. But I, I think South Dakota State gets it done. I think they hit the shots they need to hit. And uh, it's in Buffalo, though, which you guys got to take into account. I think this is a really good game. Give me the Jackrabbits. Yeah, I like the point Will brings up about the glue guys. I think uh, um, Providence doesn't have, like, that one, like, guy that's going to go out there and really bring the team together. And you kind of saw that um, against Creighton and the – 27 point loss, I think it was in the Big East tournament. So I'm going to take the Jackrabbits here. Um, their defense is horrible, according to Ken Palm. It's like in the 200s, but um, I don't think that'll really matter against the Friars. Yeah. Uh, today during class, Drew was just reading off some ridiculous statistics for this South Dakota State team. Um, Providence haven't really been high on them all year. Kind of felt like they got lucky. Obviously, Kim Palm metrics would support that. Um, feels like a pretty easy pick again. You know, it could be two blowouts to start the day while we're at school. Give me the, the Jackrabbits. Hey, with all this Ken Palm talk, I might have to do a bracket strictly based off of Ken Palm rankings to see how uh, legit this guy really is. Well, that's all right, enough. Slim. Well, while you <laughs> contemplate doing that, we're going to jump into game number three. <laughs> Uh, we got an eight nine, our first eight nine matchup here down or up north in Portland at one forty five. Uh, Boise versus Memphis. Memphis, first of all, the one thing I want to highlight: this team is violently overrated seating wise. This is a team that lost to Georgia with Tom Crean as their coach, their worst season in history, and the uh, team with a losing record. Tulane, who obviously not a very strong conference. So I don't like Memphis at all. Give me Boise just off that fact out of spite for Memphis being overrated. Uh, Yeah, that's all I got for that matchup because Memphis should not be there. Yeah, I also have Boise State. This is a team that was really good in the Mountain West, which this year was a very good conference, much better than it's been in the past. And Memphis, they do have a great NBA prospect in Jalen Duran. But that being said, Boise State's the better overall team. And, um, yeah, they're, they're going to get this one done, guys. Yeah, I agree. I can see this as a popular 9 over 8, quote-unquote, upset. But I don't see it happening. I like the points Drew brought up about Memphis' season. So I'm going to take Boise State here. Uh. One of the key virtues of picking tournament games is just talent. And this Memphis team is clearly talented. And that all that talent has sort of come into fruition of late. You know, they got drilled by Houston um, in the American Championship. But, you know, for the most part, those games are pretty meaningless. Uh, I think Memphis, their talent, their play style will elevate them to win this game. All right, here we go. Game number four. Uh, down up in or down in Fort Worth, uh, Baylor, Norfolk State. Obviously, everyone here is going to take the Baylor Bears. 
So we're just going to move right past that one huh? for no. the sake of time. For the sake of time, uh, here, this is going to be short and sweet. Uh, another Indianapolis matchup here. Uh, Tennessee versus 14 Longwood. Uh, I'm taking the Vols, obviously. Vols. Vols, although don't sleep on the Lancers. The Vols will roll in just an ugly, not very fun to watch game. All right, here we go. Jumping into our next one, our second Buffalo game of the day. Iowa versus the uh, Atlantic 10 champs, the Richmond Spiders. Give me the hottest hand of them all, the Iowa Hawkeyes, coming hot off that Big Ten title win. Easy decision there for me. Yeah, Drew, I, I, I would hold off on the easy decision there, though, but I will agree with you on the pick. The Hawkeyes are one of the hottest teams in the nation, but pause there. They just won the Big Ten championship in the tournament, which um, hasn't voted very well for some teams in the past or recent years, and there's reason behind that, um, the, the amount of games you're playing um, straight. And the team they're playing also just had to play a lot of games in a row. Both these teams are going to be less energized than other teams. And, and this game could be kind of a, a sluggish game, high scoring with little defense, but I don't see that. I think this is going to be a low-scoring game, a close one. Give me the Hawkeyes in this one. Yeah, I'm going to take the Hawkeyes. I think this is a common case of just talent. Um, it's just going to overwhelm the Spiders. Although I wouldn't eh, – I guess I would be surprised, but I don't know how much um, longer Iowa can keep up this hot streak. They've won, what, nine of their last ten, I think it is, or something something along those lines. So, it's going to be hard to keep it going. Uh, yeah, certainly not going to be easy um, for Iowa, but I think that it's hard to argue against a team that shoots the ball that well at that high of a clip. Um, so, yeah, go Iowa. All right, on to the next Back to Portland, um, another 116. Obviously, the consensus pick is going to be Georgia State over Gonzaga, so we can just move on. But uh, in all seriousness, Zags, obviously, for everyone. And here we roll into our second 8-9 of the day, North Carolina Tar Heels versus the Marquette Golden Eagles. This is a very, very interesting matchup. This one is going to go down to the wire. But Marquette has stepped up against some really good teams this year. So I am taking the Golden Eagles in this one to keep things short. Yeah, Drew, good pick, but I'm going to disagree on the result. I think UNC wins this game, and I think they are going to roll over the Golden Eagles. Listen, this is a North Carolina team that last year was blown out in the first round. And they have a lot of returning players from that team. These guys are pissed off. Caleb Love, Armando Bakett. These guys are going to have a game, and they're going to move on in Fort Worth. I'm going to take the Golden Eagles, Shaka Smart, um, back in the Big East. So, yeah, um, North Carolina's a good team. They're talented. But I, I just like Justin Lewis a little bit more um, come March time than – Really, honestly, anyone on North Carolina here. 
Yeah, uh, North Carolina, easy pick. Uh, I'm a, I'm gonna agree with Will here. Um, they got the they got the the uh, the chemistry to do it. Um, I do worry about first year head coach in the tournament. It's always a concern, but um, you know this team has bigs that can dominate games. And at the end of the day, like if if a mismatch is so present like that, then you're gonna be hard to beat. All right. Rounding that one off there with an even split. Uh, and here we have the uh, fifth-seeded UConn Huskies versus the New Mexico State Aggies. Uh, I'm not going to give much of an explanation here. I am taking the University of Connecticut. Yeah, Drew, and this is a, this is a pick that – huh? I said ditto. Okay. Um, yeah, Drew, this is a, a game where a lot of people, I think, are, are going to look at the 12th seed, New Mexico State. They're a common team we usually see in this field. And they're, it's, they're, they're a team that um, I believe we almost saw upset the Auburn Tigers in the year they made that run, but completely choked the game away. Um, yeah, this is going to be different. I think UConn is going to beat these guys. It's going to be close in the first half, but they're going by around 10 in that 15 range. UConn in a close one. All right. And uh, you, another... forgot, you, give, you forgot Samuel Mefford. You said ditto. I said ditto. After I said mine. Oh. And um, so that brings us to another consensus pick. The Kentucky Wildcats taking on St. Peter's down here in Indianapolis. Um, obviously, we are all taking Coach Cal in this one. And then here comes an interesting one that is going to have some fun results here. Uh, number five, St. Mary's versus either IU or Wyoming. And not much of an explanation to give here. I mean, most of the time, these brackets, I mean, it's all about gut feeling. And uh, on this one, I have either IU or Wyoming. I picked IU in our playing game, so that means the Hoosiers will be taking down St. Mary's. But if Wyoming pulls it off, I think they will do the same, both in close games. Yeah, as Drew just said, I think this is going to be a really close game, and I think it's going to be Indiana that does beat Wyoming, as I said. Um, this is going to be a really scrappy game. These are two teams that play really tough on the defensive side of the ball, and you can just tell that by, by the grit on the look of their faces, the way they slide their feet, the way they're jumping for loose balls. This game is March, my friend. Indiana, St. Mary's, but give me St. Mary's in a very close one. This game is going to be, going to be played in Portland. Those St. Mary's fans travel better than you think they do, and it's in Portland, obviously. And as a companion known as Aaron Newdigate today, he made a point about how IU is going to have to travel from Dayton to Portland and then, then, then play the next day. That's a huge disadvantage. Give me the Gales. IU um, has a one-day break in between games. So I don't think that's much of an issue. I mean, it yeah. is for a college team. No, it, it'll, 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 be, it'll be an issue. Um, but anyways – I'm going to take either of the winner of Wyoming or Indiana over St. Mary's. I have Wyoming beating IU, um, 
But if IU wins that first four game, I have them also being St. Mary's. Um, I, I don't really like St. Mary's personally. They play too slow for me. IU plays uh, kind of slow too. Give me the Hoosiers. Hoosiers. Um, now, let me debunk something real quick. Uh, this is unrelated because I think IU wins this game because they, uh, again, have another good matchup. But um, for the people that are comparing like an IU or a Michigan, Rutgers, these teams to UCLA last year, it's completely different. And you hit on this when you talked about it. IU has to fly from Dayton to Portland in one day, right? UCLA, they were in a bubble, right? They, they were um, – they were captive. Whoa, that's not the right word. They they were kept in a singular spot, um, and they made sure that they couldn't leave. So travel was obviously a lot less of an issue. Um, you know, certainly a first four to final four run is possible, but much, much, much less likely this year. Uh, very fair, very fair point there. Last year, obviously, a lot of things happened that. Uh, weren't very common, such as like Oral Robert. So definitely the traveling does come into play. And now we come into the approximately, according to the 727 tip-off down in Fort Worth, Texas, of the number eight San Diego State versus the nine Creighton. Uh, give me the Blue Jays in this one, a team that just absolutely destroyed Providence. Oh, my. That was Quite the showing there. Uh, yeah, give me the Blue Jays. Give me the Blue Jays as well. Good pick, True. But this is going to be a great game. It's going to be one of the best games of the first round, and that's expected in a 9-8 matchup. Uh, um, San Diego State, for me, is a team that they always, like, just do not perform in the tournament. And it feels like they're always here, and they, they, they never perform. And Creighton is one of the hottest teams in the country, obviously after knocking off Providence by a lot of points. And they went on a huge run. It's a team that is streaky. We've seen them kind of an up-and-down season at times, but they finished well in the Big East, getting in as a ninth seed. Give me the Blue Jays. Uh, I'm going to take the San Diego State Aztecs with their uh, stout defense. Pretty sure ranked second in Ken Palm. So, yeah, give me the Aztecs. Creighton Blue Jays. The Aztecs are a one-man show that is going to be stopped come this week. Give me Creighton. All right. And here is a game that features a popular upset for many. We have the Arkansas Razorbacks playing Vermont in the 4-13 matchup. And in this case, I am not taking the upset here. J.D. Note is um, fueled up pretty well after last season. And the Razorbacks are going to be taking this one in what I see as a close first half, blowout second half here. Woo pig suey in this one. Yeah, this is going to sound different for me from what we just heard from Drew, okay? I'm taking Vermont in this one. And, you know, JT Note is a guy for Arkansas that when he's off, it's going to be hard for them to win. 
he's a March player, but I don't think it goes in Buffalo. And now these Arkansas fans, they're going to travel. They travel very well. But Vermont is also going to have a showing in there. This is being played in the Northeast. Vermont pulls off the upset in the first round. I'm going to take the uh, Arkansas Razorbacks as John Becker, coach of Vermont, coaches his final game and before moving up to the Power Six division area place. Vermont in a big-time upset. Vermont, they have the pedigree. They've been here before. Arkansas, one of the youngest teams in the country. Do they have what it takes to make another run? I don't think so. Give me the catamounts. All right, and here we jump into our third to last game here tonight. We have the 30-2 and two Murray State Racers against the 24-9 and nine team out of San Francisco. Give me the racers in this one. And um, the only reason is I just can't see this team. Obviously, they've gotten some attention. It's people like, whoa, let me look at Murray State out there, ranked around the middle of the top 25 with that really good record. But this is a team that now that they're on the biggest stage, they're going to want to show what they have. And in this first round, that is where they're going to display it as Murray State takes down San Fran. And I just want to point out the fact that I don't think San Fran should be in this position, especially as the 10 seed over teams like in their own region, like Virginia Tech at the 11. Uh, if I, I could see IU, I could see them swapping San Fran as the plan. I don't like the fact that San Fran had nine losses as a member of the West Coast Conference. I'm not really seeing a lot for them. That re- I mean, that resume doesn't even scream March to me. Like, I thought there was a very uh, big possibility they wouldn't even be here over, over a team like Texas A&M. So give me Murray State. Good take, Drew, but this is a San Francisco team that's proved they can beat tournament teams and they can beat fun tournament teams that we're going to get to later, including teams like Davidson and UAB. Also, beating BYU twice is not easy. I understand they're not a tournament team, but hey, lost to Loyola also by five. And it could come as a surprise pick for me. Obviously, I was high on Murray State all year, but it ends here. The Dons, they've got a fun name, and they're going to win this game. Uh, Murray State's experience of winning first-round games back in 2019 is going to really help them out here. Maybe not really. I don't know. But I'm going to take the Racers. The Racers, big time. Drew hit it right on the head. The San Francisco team should not even be in the field. Murray State, they've got, you know, this is a team that, I have, I have preached as one of the best in the country, mid-major-wise, unfortunately for them, a really unfortunate and tough draw. Um, but Murray State blows out San Fran. All right, and here we go. We got uh, Methods boys down there in the West, the UC Los Angeles Bruins versus uh, the kids from Akron, the Zips. Give me the blue and gold in this one, Johnny Juzang is the hungriest man in this tournament, and he is going to display that in a blowout win here in Portland at the end of the night. 
Good take, Drew. And and listen, this is one of those games I, I'm taking UCLA in, and I'm thinking they're probably going to beat them by a hefty margin. But it's just one of those games I'm getting the vibe where it's like no one's going to pick Akron. It could be one of those surprise upsets game, upset games. But uh, I don't see that happening. I see UCLA winning, but I would not be shocked at all if Akron pulled it off. Literally exactly what Will just said. Um, I think this is going to actually be a decently close game. Um, I like the Zips a lot, actually. I kind of watched them throughout the MAC tournament a little bit, and I like them. They have four players above 10 points a game, but ultimately UCLA's ability um, and talent carrying over from last year, uh, they're going to win this game. Yeah, UCLA, book it, Final Four. Can't lose in the first round when you're headed to the Final Four. Man, you might you might have wanted to get get to that later. Yeah. <laughs> Oops. All right. Well, and the final matchup here tonight, one that uh, I'm sure is not something that we're all going to be staying up late to see the end of. Um, the Kansas Jayhawks versus either of those two Texas teams from the plan. We all, I'm assuming, have the Jayhawks here. And that brings us to Friday's slate of games. And starting us off here in fourth period, we have the no, the number seven Ohio State Buckeyes versus the team of March the last few years, the Loyola Chicago Ramblers. Sister Jean is going to give this team the strength to keep doing what they do in March. Loyola takes this one. I didn't even really have to think about it for that long. Yeah, Drew, I'm not, I'm not going to try to change this up too much, but back to what you said a little earlier there. Come yeah. on now, you know I'm this not. Third... You know I'm not. Whoa, whoa, whoa! You know I'm not sleeping for a game. I'm watching Kansas versus Corpus Christi or whatever. Come on now, but uh, yeah, uh, Loyola Chicago Ohio State. I actually think this is a game people are jumping way too quickly on Loyola Chicago. Now I did not jump quickly on them. In fact, I had Ohio State at first, but I changed that. Listen, Sister Jean's gonna be at this game, which means one thing. It means Loyola Chicago is going to win against one of the coldest teams in the nation. Uh, this is actually a third period game. Drew it starts at 1215. Third period ends at 1235. Oh, that's on me. Uh, that's my lunch. That's oh, on me. Okay. okay. Um, I'm going to take the Ramblers um, and their stout defense against uh, one man, eh, kind of two man show and as in the Buckeyes. So yeah, give me the Ramblers. The Ramblers, easy pick here. Honestly, so far, a lot of good matchups, but, you know, not a whole lot of tough, tight games that I, I foresee in, in the first round so far. Uh, yeah, that's obviously going to change. But uh, this Ohio State team is just isn't very good, and I think we've sort of seen that play out as the season came along. You know, we were saying it preseason, and it's the same – same deal now. Uh, Ohio State, not very good. Loyola, Chicago. Book it. All right. And for our second game of the day, Auburn versus Jayville State, the regular season winners of the A-Sun Conference, but not the tournament champions. Uh, as Bellarmine is going into their transition to D1 and by NCAA rules, we're not eligible to uh, enter the tournament. But we all 
have the Tigers here. And that brings us to the best game of the first round. The Texas Tech Red Raiders are going to be dethroned by the Montana State Bobcats here tonight. And I'm going to be honest, before the brackets were released, I knew Montana State was probably going to be in because I knew they were at the top of their conference. But I do not – I really don't know anything about this team besides what I've read on ESPN Tournament Challenge. But I can't shake the vibe that this is going to be one of those games that defines the whole tournament. Montana State is winning this one in an absolute thriller and the start of Friday's slate of games. As I've said, give me the Bobcats in this one. The Bobcats are winning this game without a doubt. <laughs> I'm trying my slim impression. But absolutely agree, Drew. When, when you are that efficient shooting the ball, especially against a team that is inconsistent on offense, this just seems like a recipe for disaster for the Red Raiders. I, I'm all over this pick with you. Hey, you, you got to learn the order here. And I, Sam and Drew Wolf, make sure you hold your horses here. Hold your Bobcats, if you will, because Texas Tech is going to light these guys up. Let's see where this game is. I haven't checked that yet. It's being played in San Diego. Even more reason for me to take the Red Raiders. Their fans travel so well. If you saw that game in, in um, sorry, Austin, the city, obviously. Um, Texas Tech's going to win this one. But it might be their only tournament win, a little foreshadowing there. I want to make it clear. You said the game in Austin, correct? Correct. That is nowhere near the length of traveling to San Diego. They're already in Texas. They're traveling interstate. I don't really – that's not much of a travel. Drew. For being for real here. Drew, you know damn well that Texas Tech is, is going to fill this arena – and it's going to be are all they? red. They are not losing to Montana State in a home game. Is it really going to be that full? Mm-hmm. Yes. These fans are nuts. This is California. This is, See, no, this, dude, is Cal, this is this is SoCal we're talking about. Yes, There's going to be tons of just neutral fans buying all these super expensive tickets. This is not going to be a Texas Tech home game by any means. You don't know Texas Tech fans that. Leave saying, that, saying they travel well when they're going only to Austin in the state is not saying much. Well, they travel well in general. And have you not seen the fire? All right, all right, all right. Let's end this here. Program. All right, all right, Brooks. You got it. Texas Tech. Uh, I don't, I'm not really going to say much about it. I, I don't really care if it's an upset, um, but Texas Tech. All right. Um, and here we are. I didn't even realize this until I'm looking at the schedule right now, but we are having back-to-back 14 over three upsets here on Friday. The Yale Bulldogs, the Ivy League champs, are taking down the Purdue Boilermakers at 2 p.m. on TBS up in Milwaukee. And I have one one reason as to why I have this – actually, two. Two reasons. One, 
that gut feeling, you know, that's what it's all about, as I previously said. And two, I have two morals when it comes to making my bracket. One of them I will get to later. But the second moral that I have is Purdue has to lose in my bracket first round every time. Give me Yale for that reason. Well, hey, Drew, it worked last year. And I'm telling you right now, it might work for the second time in a row. But I just can't pick against Purdue in this game. I, I cannot pick against Purdue in this game. Um, although this is such a Purdue game to lose. I mean, this is Yale for crying out loud. It, it just screams upset, but I'm picking Purdue just because of it. Purdue. Purdue in a thriller. All right. Uh, this leads into a game. This is good. This one coming up on here is going to be a phenomenal down to the wire game. I feel like it's a 50, 50 split on the picks, but it's the number two Villanova Wildcats versus the number 15 Delaware blue hens. Uh, I'm pretty sure we all have Villanova here. So we're just going to move right on. Oh, hold your horse. I, I don't know. Watch out for the blue hens. Oh, I'm not saying if there's a 15 over two upset this year, it's this game. Oh, I, it might I agree. Be one. Oh, I 100% agree. So I guess we can highlight that. But was I correct when I said we still at least all have Nova? It's a chalk, but I want to let everyone listening know that this is seriously something I could see. 100%. 100%. Delaware has that March vibe for sure. Um, This leads into a a game that is going to be very interesting. I can see as being down to the wire, or just a boring game where some team leads by 8 to 10 the entire time. We have the number 7 USC Trojans versus the 10 Miami Hurricanes. Very, very interesting game. This is one of the harder ones to pick in this first round, but earlier this year I got that vibe from USC and um, I am having to roll with them in this one. But I would say out of all of my picks, this is probably the most likely one to change. I could totally see myself before Thursday changing this one. But give me Boogie and the Trojans in this one. This is a Trojans team that has a lot of good players. They have a great starting five. And the disrespect to this team in the field is absurd. This is a 26-7 and team as a seven seed. Uh, playing in a power six conference, it's unbelievable. I think they're going to rule over Miami and hold on here. I'm going to go back to UCLA 25 and seven UCLA has the exact same amount of losses as this USC team. And I do believe that they um, matched in the regular season. So a three C difference is completely absurd to me. Give me the Trojans. I love this team. Yeah. um, I'm going to go ahead and take the Miami hurricanes. Um, I don't know. I just kind of like them a little more. Uh, USC's kind of fallen off in a way. I don't know if you want to say fallen off, but they've slowed down a little bit in my own humble opinion. And I, I like Miami. I like Charlie Moore um, a little bit because of our little draft on Friday night at Meff's house. So I'm kind of a Charlie, Charlie Moore stand now. But, yeah, give me the Hurricanes. Give me – Caleb Williams and the Trojans in a shootout. I'm just joking. All right. Um, no, but seriously, USC here. Uh, size is going to be the difference in this game. USC has the upper hand there. USC wins it. Yeah, that could All be right. a football. 
All right. That leads into the number six, Alabama Crimson Tide. Little overrated seed there. No reason for them to be a higher seed than USC, with especially with 13 losses. But um, this is a game that comes down, obviously, to that first four game because they're taking on either Rutgers or Notre Dame. I have Rutgers winning against Notre Dame and then winning against Alabama. Obviously, if Notre Dame wins, I'm going to take Bama in that matchup. But for the sake of my bracket right now, I currently have Rutgers as the winner in this game because uh, this Rutgers team is really good. Uh, Ron Harper Jr., the king of clutch right now in college basketball. He has March written all over him. He is going to do great things for this Rutgers team in this tournament. Yeah, to add on to what Drew said, this is a joke that Alabama is a six seed. This is a team that's 19 and 13. This is it. I mean, this is absurd. I got Rutgers in this game following their crushing win over Notre Dame. And I don't think it's close. Rutgers is more talented. I think they're a better team. Um, Austin won't like this, but I think their coach better. Um, yeah. What do you mean I won't? Oh, yeah, because, yeah. Yeah, because some jokes I made. <laughs> yeah, um, I'm going to. I'm going to take Rutgers here. If Notre Dame wins the first four game, then I'd take Alabama just because of pure hatred for this Notre Dame team for no reason at all, really. Um, But, yeah, I'm going to take Steve Pikeville and the boys from New Jersey to take down Alabama. Alabama, uh, you know, everyone was saying heading into this tournament, it's going to be a team that either goes far or gets dropped early. And I am on the side of a team that goes pretty far. All right. And that leads us into, in what is my opinion, and from what I've heard many other people's opinions, the hardest matchup to pick in this first round, the Texas Longhorns versus the Virginia Tech Hokies, the ACC champs, criminally underseeded. There is no reason these guys should be in 11 behind teams like San Francisco, Marquette, even North Carolina, all in the same region. These guys could easily, easily be the eight in this uh, region here. So I'm pretty frustrated about that one. So that's what makes this matchup so tough. But with all respect due towards the Hokies, give me the Texas Longhorns. I do not see them getting upset first round in back-to-back years. This team, um, this team has played some very strong games, and yeah, I'm taking the Longhorns here. As Drew said, this is a very, very hard game to predict for some, but not for me. I, I kind of instantly went to Virginia Tech here. Um, this is a Texas team I haven't been high on at all. Honestly, I really haven't at all. Nothing about them. Pops out to me in Virginia Tech's got a guy named Kator who went on a little streak there in that final game versus uh, a team that's going to go pretty far. But, yeah, Virginia Tech, they get the win. Texas. Yeah, um, I think this is a very good game, actually. Texas kind of gives you the UCLA vibes last year a little bit, although they probably had a, they had a better regular season than what UCLA did. Um I, I really could see this going anyway. I'm going to take the hot hand and go with Virginia Tech. 
but this is like probably my least confident pick in the first round. And I think if Virginia Tech does win this, I don't know how much longer they're going to stay hot for. It's hard to stay hot for what six games, seven games in a row. So I'll take the Hokies, but don't be surprised if Texas wins this game. I will take Texas, and I am very confident with this pick. The better team advances here. Sorry, Hokies. All right. Here we go with another 4-13 matchup. And for me, this is another 4-13 upset. The Chattanooga Mox riding off in the, what really kick-started March with their buzzer-beater win. Uh, they are going to take down this fighting Illini team coming off a tough loss to IU in the back-and-forth battle. The mocks are taking this one in a shootout. Okay, yeah, you, you listen. You want to talk about lucky shots from earlier from a guy who, you know, has hit shots like that his whole career and it's complete bias to call it lucky. Talk about a lucky shot. Chattanooga really shouldn't even be here right now. And this upset pick to me, is a, is a fraudulent pick. Illinois. Illinois is going to roll in this one. Uh, I really like them in March, and I like the matchups they get. It starts with the mocks. Uh, give me the mocks. I, I like this Chattanooga team, Malachi Smith, um, averaging 20 a game. They got talented um, talented player in Silvo de Sousa. I think that's how you pronounce it. Was at Kansas. Um had to transfer out uh, after a little bit of a fight. Um, yet uh, David Jean Baptiste through the game winner. I'm going to take the mocks. Um, I, I don't know. I, I think Illinois, Brad Underwood's a choker. Um, you've seen it time and time again. Um, I guess they won, went pretty far last year in the Big Ten tournament, but that doesn't really matter. Underwood's a choker, so give me the mocks. This Illinois team is built for March. Will hit the nail on the head with this one. Um, like you said, Chattanooga shouldn't even be here. And this guard play of Illinois is freaky good. So I think they are destined for a run. Freaky good, but inconsistent. It really all depends on Alfonso Plummer. They got some deep guard play. Yeah, their guard plays deep, but he can't be the can't make a layup to beat IU. They won't be in that position versus the mocks. You're right. They'll be down 30. Give me the mocks. All right, man. All right. All right. All right. All right. All right. Uh, here is another easy consensus uh, pick. Here, this one does not even give those upset vibes that Delaware gives. Uh, Duke is going to be taking down Cal State Fullerton in this one. Um, that leads us into another intriguing matchup, but I'm just going to keep it short and sweet because this is a matchup that I'm not very interested in, regardless of how close the teams are. It could be very entertaining, but in terms of, you know, talking about it, I don't really got much. Give me the 11 Iowa State over LSU. Uh, yeah, it, this game is like, it's an 11-6, two power five teams, and it just doesn't pop off the charts. It's, it's going to be super fun. Two teams that I don't look at as super fun at all. But um, 
give me LSU. This is an Iowa State team that's quite dysfunctional. They have some great wins, but LSU, I think after even they fired Will Wade, a lot of people are going to be taking the Cyclones. I think I'm getting vibes that like, like this team's just going to pop off without with an assistant coach, with an interim head coach. I think I feel like we see so much teams in sports do that. Their head coach is gone. They have a different guy, and it's like they play better. I feel like I'm seeing this a lot now. Give me the Tigers. But but I also want to go back to, to the last game. Do not sleep on Cal State Fullerton versus Duke. That is exactly the type of game that we see Duke lose, but obviously Duke. I'm going to take um, LSU here. Will kind of stole what I was going to say about how teams play harder under interim head coaches kind of. Um, I hate Iowa State. They're, if you score 36 points in the game, um, I'm not going to look at you as a good team. So, yeah, give me LSU. And I also want to go back to last game. I hate you, Cal State Fullerton, for uh, breaking Isaac Haas' elbow. It's not just, like, they them scoring 35 points in a game. They've done that multiple times this year. This is a no. team. They just scored 41. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. This is a team that was never high on at all this year. And the fact, the the fact that they are in the field is outrageous over some of these teams. It's a joke. No. Yeah. Yeah. It's a joke. It is a joke. A ton of good wins, dude. Who? No, look at, look at their statement win this year. They beat Texas Tech. Basically put. Put them in the rankings. They have some yeah, of the Memphis. most That's what I was one wins in the nation. I agree. I don't think this is a great team, but they have the resume to be here. There's no reason they shouldn't. That's kind of clownish to say. I mean, they beat Texas. They beat Texas Tech. They beat Iowa by 20. Um, and all of this Texas. was and all of this was before February. They have been He's, abysmal ECU. since Memphis by 19. One at Creighton. At Creighton. Memphis is And all good. of these were non-conference. Not true. I literally listed conference wins. Say what you want. Um, but anyway, LSU, this is, you know, a tough pick too because it's not like, you know, for the most part when, when coaches get fired, they have established rosters with seniors and stuff. But this LSU team is one of the youngest teams in the country. So it's going to be interesting to see how they react to that. Um, but give me LSU kind of just in spite of Iowa State. All right. Uh, here, consensus pick 116. Arizona will be taking down who I believe we all had as Bryant. Uh, oh, means... well, hey, hey, it honestly, oh. if, there, if there's ever going to be another 16 over one, okay, it's this game. Oh, no, I would agree that you're right. And I was actually thinking about maybe bringing that up, but we do all have Arizona at the end yeah, of the day. We, we, but, yes, Peter Kiss could definitely put this Bryant team on his back and pull something crazy. I would not – I mean, I wouldn't say I wouldn't be surprised because I'd still be like, whoa, like that's yeah. crazy. But Dude, I can I can see it. I can see when it. When I say, like, I, I think Arizona, we all have Arizona. When I say this is going to be one of the most entertaining games to watch, it's a 727 tip on True. Like, hopefully Bryant beats Wright State. Bryant, Arizona is like a marquee first-round matchup. I don't care how high of a chance Arizona has of winning. This is going to be so fun to watch, and the hype around this game is going to be awesome. Peter kisses March. Yeah, Bryant is underseeded as a 16 seed. 
Uh, I, I can't wait to watch Peter Kiss against Arizona. That's going to be so fun to watch. All right. All next. right. Yeah. Uh, that leads us to number five, Houston uh, versus number 12, UAB. And this is an unexplainable uh, vibe that I'm getting, but give me the Blazers. I'm not going to go in depth. I, I feel it. Give, give me UAB. That's what it's all about. That's how, that's how my brackets pretty much roll. Give me the Blazers. My brackets roll in the same way, Drew, and I'm we're feeling the same way here. UAB. Um, yeah, I mean, not much to say about this one. They're a great mid-major, and Houston is also a mid-major who, when you look at the difference between their records, Houston didn't have a very tough schedule. They didn't have really any good wins, did they? No, I mean – there's a lot of bias with this Houston team, and I don't want to hear that they're fourth or fifth in Cam Pomeroy's rankings. Um, give me the Blazers. Yeah, give me the Blazers behind Jordan Walker. The definition of March Madness vibes from a player. A dude that just dropped 40 points against Middle Tennessee in a triple overtime thriller in the semifinals of the CUSA championship. Um, yeah, give me the Blazers. For the exact reason Brooks just listed, the Blazers. This Houston team is without a couple of their best players. Very poor handling the ball and finishing games because of their lack of free throw shooting. Not a team that you would feel confident in picking by any means. I like what Mefford said there at the end about not a team you can be confident with. And that leads into uh, a game featuring one of my, you know, just teams that I've been rooting for for quite a while. If you've been following the pod, I believe I brought them up in our very first recording ever. We have the seven Michigan State versus my boys, the number 10 Davidson Wildcats. And I just got to throw them that bone. I mean, these are my, I mean, these are sort of like how how I feel is, you know, my guys as I uh, pick them way back a while as a team uh, that you can't sleep on come March. Foster Lawyer got the chance to watch his brother last Saturday. Even though he lost, he put on quite the show. And it shows that basketball really runs in that family. And Foster is going to do some crazy things in this game. I could see it becoming uh, being a game where it comes down to a game winner. Or Davidson wins by 15. It's just – Depends on how Michigan State's going to come to play, but the Wildcats are taking this one. Yeah, good call there, Drew. But uh, they got other guys than just lawyer. They they got some guys that that screamed to me, March, and it's a and it's, it's a March roster. They have some unfortunate matchups though, and this is one of them. I have them winning this game because I think they're going to light up Michigan State from deep. But who is? I mean, they they don't have. The, the bigs necessary. Michigan State is going to be able to dominate down low, but I think threes are better than twos in this one. Who, what Marcus Bingham do we get in this game? I don't know. I think we get the soft one. Give me Davidson, March. Yeah, give me a Davidson, the Foster Lawyer revenge game. I like the Wildcats here. And this, this could be um, a surprise retirement from Tom Izzo leading to Loyola Chicago's head coach taking over for the Spartans next year. 
Bold. 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 The Wildcats. The better team, the more experienced team, the better coach team. Davidson. All right. Uh, this brings us to the second to last matchup of the first round. Um, a game that, honestly, if I hadn't talked to you guys before this, I would have probably said, you know, consensus here. But I know, at least at one point, that was not true. So we will see after other people give their takes. But give me an, an easy decision for me, the Wisconsin Badgers led by Johnny Davis over the toothpaste school themselves, Colgate. Okay, listen, this is a very tough game to call in the 14-3. I'm going to go with Wisconsin. But this is a Colgate team that's one of the hottest in the nation. They started 4-10, and and I believe they're 20 of 21 in their last 21 or 19 of 20, I forget. But they're really hot right now, toothpaste school. And – Wisconsin, they're playing at home. They're playing in Milwaukee. But, again, I, I've, I've stressed how this team is different at home. They do not play with the same energy at all. They, they, um, I, I feel like they've lacked at neutral sites in general. And they've been a great team in hostile environments. Um, but, but that being said, I have to pick the Wisconsin Badgers here. Although, although if the Colgate, uh, whatever they're called, toothpaste win this game, I will not be surprised one bit. I'm going to take toothpaste here. I, so I, I feel like I always pick Colgate to win because they always get out of the Patriot League. I always pick them to win. That's kind of like one of my morals come March. Um, yeah, give me the Raiders. You don't know how much I want to take Colgate here. Colgate, a team that nearly pulled off an upset last year against Arkansas, a team that can fill it up from three. Wisconsin, a team I've been down on all year. I know I'm going to regret this. I know I'm going to regret this, but I am taking Wisconsin. Listen, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to add to what I said and what Medford just said. Again, that the three-point shooting is something as a Wisconsin fan that completely scares the death out of me in this game. And I also have another point I almost forgot to make. This is the exact same spot, not location, but spot in terms of the schedule in a game that was played last year that shocked the world. I remember my dog was in the living room or the gaming room, and we were watching this game. You had something on the line because he had Abilene Christian over Texas. It was a 14-3 game, the second last game of the night on the second day of the first round. That's exactly what this game is. Colgate, Wisconsin, and it's a late tip. I know Wisconsin fans will show, but how energy energized will they be? Or it'll be 8.50 there, but still, late tip there too. Very interesting one. Toothpaste, Colgate. Whew. All right. And this brings us to the final Matchup of the first round, the best round. Uh, interesting game here. Pretty quick decision for me, but I won't sleep on my loser. Give me the TCU Horned Frogs over the Seton Hall Pirates to round things off. But I always, always get March vibes from Seton Hall. 
So do not count them out. This could be a close one, but you'll see how much I really like TCU as we move forward. This is a TCU team that I also thoroughly enjoy. And it's a Seton Hall team that I'm the opposite on. Give me TCU in one of those 9-8 blowouts. And, and the, the Seton Hall March vibes, I get it. They really never do anything. Exactly. That's like one of these years, I'm telling you, these guys are just going to make some random run. But it's not happening this year. But one one year, just come, just remember this Seton Hall when they make this crazy Final Four run as like a six to eleven seed range, it, it'll happen. It's coming. Yeah, uh, give me TCU over a not very good Seton Hall team. Um, I don't know. I like the Horned Frogs. Just to win this game, you know, good tournament win in them. It's, I'm taking TCU. Give me Seton Hall here. They have the pedigree to make a run. But tough second-round matchup. This is a team. Huh. I don't know. It's They're tough. They've been playing well, too. Seton Hall. Okay. So that's done with the first round. And now we've got some decision to make here. So are we just going to rummage through the rest of our brackets here? Because that makes sense. Instead of going game by game, which we obviously will have different teams participating in. Yeah, I, I um, think we, I think we just go through um, our bracket. Um, yeah, we'll call out what region it is. It should be in order, but um, yeah, or we'll just, we'll just do we want to go like region by region and say leading up to like our final fours? Uh, yeah, let's do that. I like yeah. that. All right, all right. So we're gonna do it that way. But um, here, so here, I'm going to take a crack at it. Do we want to do, like, I'll say my entire round of 32, or we're going to do our... We'll do the West and the East and the South and the Midwest. Just do your entire I know. I mean, region. Like, I, mean, I, mean, I mean, my route, like, so I'll do the whole region. No stopping. No, no stopping. And then I'll do my West, or we'll do his West. I'll do my West. Okay. Jeff will okay. do his West. Yeah, gotcha. good. All right. Well, all right. So we have our formatting set here, and this is where... Um, the fun keeps going even further because I would say it'll, it begins, but man, first round is a lot of fun. Here is the round of 32 from the West. We have Gonzaga taking down Boise State. We have UConn taking down JD Note and the Pigs. We got uh, Rutgers, Rutgers here as I have them winning their play-in over Montana State. And then we have Duke over Davidson. And that leads us into the Sweet 16, where UConn dethrones the Bulldogs of Gonzaga and Duke takes down Rutgers. And that brings us to the Elite Eight to matchup of UConn, Duke, and Coach K's career is not going to continue past this game as UConn takes the win and advances to the final four as the representatives representatives of the West region. Nice, Drew. Okay, I, love how, I love how we all like try to talk like slim now. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So for my West region, 
It starts off with a game between the Gonzaga Bulldogs and the Boise State Broncos. I'm taking the Gonzaga Bulldogs here in a game I think, you know, they should win. But it's one of those games I feel like everyone's going to have Gonzaga. But, like, watch out for Boise State on the upsets. All right? I've called out those kind of watch out upset games that no one's picking and then the obvious upset games that sometimes don't turn out in upsets. So down to UConn, Vermont. I'm taking UConn there. It's a Northeast game, but I think UConn rolls. Rutgers, Texas Tech. Uh, the Texas Tech season will end here. My dog doesn't think so. But uh, Ron Harper, Jr. and co. do think so. Rutgers has one of the best starting lineups in the nation. Uh, they don't have a lot of depth, which is a problem. But uh, I, I think they poured in on this good defense. And then Duke, Davidson, listen. Talk about Duke, UCF from a few years ago. That's what this game reminds me of. It's going to come down to the wire. Phenomenal game. Coach K, the Blue Devils sweep by. Okay, and then in the Sweet 16, Gonzaga over UConn. Uh, I think this game isn't going to be as fun as some people think. I think Gonzaga rolls over the Huskies. And then Rutgers-Duke. This could be Coach K's last game. If there's any game I see Duke getting beat in this tournament, this could be the one. But I don't think it's the one. Give me the Blue Devils in a phenomenal game. This West region is going to be real fun. Um, and then to the West region final in the Elite Eight, Gonzaga versus Duke. Duke has the talent. They're the most talented team in the tournament, and they have the most reason to win this. I think they're fired up. Book it. Duke to New Orleans. All right. So I in my uh, first game here in the West, I got Gonzaga facing Boise State. I'm going to take the Bulldogs there. Pretty handily as the dream season for Boise State ends. Then I'm going to take UConn over Arkansas. Um, yeah, I just I just like UConn more in that game. I'm going to take Texas Tech over the winner of Rutgers and Notre Dame, which I have as Rutgers. Um, but I think the defense and size of Texas Tech is going to put it into the Scarlet Knights' improbable season. And then Duke Davidson. Coach K's possible final game, and it will be Foster Loyal Lawyer will send Coach K packing. Gonzaga, Kentucky, Kentucky, Gonzaga, Yukon, Sweet 16. Give me the Huskies. Texas Tech Davidson. I want to pick Davidson so badly, but I can't get over the defense of Texas Tech here. Red Raiders advance to the Elite Eight. Yukon. Texas Tech, Huskies, Red Raiders. Give me the Huskies. Final four bound. Book it. Book it. Book it with Brooks. So fun to say. It is. Um, now, this is a very intriguing region because – so when I first made my bracket, I made, I made two brackets. One was called First Glance, and it was who I would typically pick. And then the second one, I used my five-step – process to determine um who is coming out of each region um but if we start at the top we're gonna go with gonzaga um this could be a good game but gonzaga's offense is something else and i even if uh, memphis is firing on all cylinders it's just not gonna happen um then we got vermont yukon yukon easily you know a lot of first round upset teams and their season in blowout fashion in the second round next Bama and Montana state Bama easily 
Same thing applies to that. Then we got Davidson and Duke. Duke wins handedly. I think that they kind of get things rolling come second round of the tournament. Then we got Gonzaga and UConn. Give me the Huskies. This is a team that is very talented, very tough, a well-fit for March coach in Danny Hurley, and a team ultimately that I would not want to face given their what they've done so far this season if I were the Zags. I think they match up well with them. UConn and then Duke, Alabama could be one of the best games in history of the tournament. Um, Duke takes down Bama in a classic. Then we got UConn Duke, similar to you guys. I'm going to give the UConn Huskies the bid to the Final Four based on all of the factors that I just went through. Typically, you don't have three people in the same group out of four picking a five seed from the same region to get to the Final Four, but great minds think alike, am I right? It's all fallen in place. It, it just seems so perfect, especially with Donnie Hurley, the most – energetic coach there is listen i love donnie hurley but in coach k's final season i'm getting the vibe that duke and their talent are going to pop off anyways drew all right so we're gonna go um are we gonna go east or uh south east east all right here we got for me baylor is taking down marquette UCLA is beating either Wyoming or IU. I have IU, but UCLA, like I said, takes the cake. Texas takes down the nerds of Yale, and Kentucky ends Murray State's dream run with their third loss of the season. Baylor will then follow up by taking down the Johnny Juzang and the UCLA Bruins, uh, a heavy favorite for a lot of people to make that championship run, but they will be caught off guard by this Baylor team that still has a lot of returning players from last year. And they got the job done while UCLA didn't do the same. Um, that brings us to Kentucky over Texas and the elite eight matchup of the reigning champs, the Baylor bears versus John Calipari's Kentucky Wildcats. And uh, this loaded Kentucky team uh, gives those good Kentucky vibes of old, and they are going to, win this region and advance to the final four where they will be playing UConn. Cool. All right. My East region starts off with a game between the Baylor Bears and the North Carolina Tar Heels, but I'm going with the Baylor Bears here in a cool game. I mean, that's nothing really pops off a lot about this game. Baylor's just better. Uh, then St. Mary's UCLA. Give me St. Mary's. This is a well-oiled machine out of the West Coast. And UCLA is just going to flop in this game. They're going to fall apart. I can see them being in it at the end, but St. Mary's is going to hit the necessary shots. Love the guys on that team. Then we have Virginia Tech up against Purdue. Listen, after Purdue barely squeaks by Yale, I think we're going to be seeing a lot of the like early season neutral site Purdue team. Um, I think they roll over Virginia Tech in the ACC tournament champs and then san francisco kentucky i'm taking kentucky and, and and this is a game my dog actually has san fran winning but kentucky's gonna blow these dudes out it, this the game bridge is gonna be filled with blue they have such a, an advantage in these first two rounds um and then for me baylor st mary's i have never been high on baylor at 
at all really this season. And um, for, for a one seed, I think, I think St. Mary's is going to shine in this game. And I think St. Mary's gets it done against Baylor. They head to the East regional final and then a really fun game. It's going to be played in Philadelphia. The crowd is going to be nuts. I mean, nuts in this game for both teams. It's Purdue. It's Kentucky. Give me Purdue in one of the best games this tournament will see. And that leads us to the East Regional Final, featuring the five-seeded St. Mary's Gales and the three-seed Purdue Boilermakers. Give me Purdue. The magic ends for the Gales, and Purdue finally lives up to the hype, and they head to New Orleans to take on Duke. All right. Um, wow. Okay. Uh, my first game in the East, second round, I got Baylor over Marquette. I got UCLA over the winner of Wyoming and Indiana, which I believe is Wyoming. Then I got Purdue ending Virginia Tech's hot streak and Kentucky taking down Murray State's incredible season. To set up a Sweet 16 matchup of Baylor and UCLA, I got the Bruins and then Purdue, Kentucky. Um, as much as I want to pick Purdue here, and unfortunately it's going to be an end of an era, a, uh, a historic season for the Boilermakers, I'm going to take Kentucky. It's going to be sad to watch. Our seniors walk off the court for the final time, but Kentucky is the better team here. And then I'm going to take Kentucky over UCLA to, to go to New Orleans in the final four. Sorry, working on some stats homework here. Um, this is also a fun region. I, I would say that the left side of the bracket is significantly more fun than the right side. Not that it really matters. Um, but we're starting off hot here. North Carolina matches up phenomenally with Baylor. North Carolina wins purely because I mentioned this earlier, but their bigs have the ability to dominate games. And without the presence of Jonathan Chamochachua for the Baylor Bears, it's just going to be interesting and very, you know, hard to see Baylor being able to defend these bigs. Um, next, the Indiana Hoosiers. We took them earlier, taking down, actually, no, sorry, losing to the UCLA Bruins. UCLA ain't losing yet. I told you that. They're not losing um, at all, but you no, know, we're going to cut that out. Um, UCLA over IU. Uh, IU's run ends, unfortunately. Um, but moving on, we have Texas taking over, taking down Purdue. Purdue, a team that is incredibly overrated and overvalued in this tournament. And this Texas team is just far more talented. And honestly, this could be a situation where if Texas is hitting on all cylinders, this game might not be very close. Um. But next, we have Murray State losing a heartbreaker to Kentucky. Unfortunately for Murray State, I mentioned this earlier, they have a tough matchup with Kentucky given that they are a smaller team, certainly a, a physical team, but not a small team, a team well-equipped to guard Oscar Shibway and the presence that he provides for Kentucky. Um, so give me the Wildcats, and then we are going to take 
UCLA over North Carolina. Uh, pretty easy pick there. And uh, Kentucky over Texas to set up a huge blue blood matchup in the regional championship. We have UCLA taking down Kentucky, perhaps, per- probably the best game of the tournament, if you ask me. I feel like you're kind of uh, emotionally attached to the Bruins here, but that's just my own humble opinion as you are wearing a USC shirt. <laughs> um, before Meth actually revealed his <laughs> – I made a change to my bracket here, and I uh, it, back in my Sweet 16 matchup, I switched to UCLA to beating Baylor. This does not change the fact that Kentucky wins the region, but I was literally thinking – this is going to be a crazy matchup of blue bloods here in this region with Kentucky over UCLA. I changed that before he said that. Pretty ironic, but uh, yeah, so there's that for the East. And now we are into the South. Uh, second round, starting things off hot. The TCU Horn Frogs are going to knock off the guys from around the world. Arizona Wildcats are going to fold unexpectedly under the pressure of a very common winner among a lot of people. Horn Frogs take this one. And then I have a 13-12 matchup, a rare, rare sight here in the round of 32. But the Chattanooga Mocs are going to stay hot here and take down the UAB Blazers. And then Tennessee will be facing Colorado State where Tennessee wins, Villanova knocks off Loyola Chicago in what is hopefully not Sister Jean's last game. Uh, uh, we got uh, TCU Chattanooga in the Sweet 16. That is one straight out of left field. But I am taking the Horn Frogs in one that just – at this point, everyone's going to be behind Chattanooga, right? Sweet 16, 13 seed, but they are going to get slaughtered by the Horn Frogs here. And then Villanova is going to knock off the hot uh, Tennessee Volunteers leading into the Elite Eight matchup. And uh, obviously, it's been a little over 24 hours since brackets were released, and this is heavily, heavily, heavily subject to change but at this very moment, this could just be me trying to be different at the start of this. I do not know. But the winner of the South region for me is currently the TCU Horned Frogs. And while they are not a strong shooting team, I am getting those random, random, random March vibes from this team right now. Um. Mike Miles, Damian Baugh, two very good guards for this team. Um, They were not terrible shooters, but the team as a whole, obviously not great, but their defense is locks. Um, Like I said, subject to change, probably will change, but at this point in time at 10.08 p.m. on Monday, March 14th, I have TCU going to the final four because this is that kind of year listen drew certainly no one should ever be clowned for a pick like that that's a great pick honestly um anything could could happen out of this region this is the south region and this is the probably the most intriguing region for me i'll start with arizona against tcu i will also follow up with what drew just said i have the horn frogs winning this one too 
and, and this is the boys around the world. Um, cut here. Is there something going on with the Colts? Nothing major. Okay. Back to what I'm saying. Um, UAB, Illinois. Uh, as Mefford said earlier, a lot of these upset teams usually get blown out in the second round. And Illinois is going to blow out UAB. Listen, if you're an Illinois fan, how do you not love this region? And then down we go. Michigan, Tennessee. This atmosphere of this game is going to be awesome. But Tennessee is going to blow them out. The fans in yellow and blue are going to leave in tears. The Vols into the Sweet 16. And then Loyola, Chicago. Chicago, the Ramblers take on Villanova. The good guys against the villains in this one. And with Sister Jean, folks, the power is under them. They upset the Wildcats and head to the Sweet 16. And then in the Sweet 16, we have ninth-seeded TCU taking on number four, Illinois. Illinois wins this game. And talk about an aesthetically pleasing matchup, my friends, because this is aesthetically pleasing as it gets. TCU and Illinois, oh, my God, I hope this happens, and I think it will. Illinois, though, they get the win in a fun one. Down we go. Tennessee, Loyola, Chicago. This could possibly be Sister Jean's last game. Tennessee stifling defense in an offense that has grown on me. As of late, gets the win. They head to the Elite Eight. And my, oh, my, in the South Regional Final, two orange teams. That is amazing. Illinois, Tennessee, give me Illinois and their offense. I think they get through that defense and they push through that brigade that they couldn't push through a year ago. Illinois, folks, is heading to the final four. Brooks. Brooks, man. I was muted. My fault. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Like I, I was saying, um, actually, I wasn't saying this, but this this South region gives me mere vibes of last uh, last year's South region with Baylor as the one seed. I just see an easy path here, but we'll get to that. So I got uh, Arizona over TCU. UAB losing to Chattanooga. The Blazers' season comes to an end against the Mocs. I got Tennessee taking down Colorado State. And I got the Ramblers of Sister Jean taking down Villanova. Villanova is a team that, even though they did just win the Big East Tournament, I am not very high on. Um, to set up a Sweet 16 of Arizona and Chattanooga, unfortunately, this is where the mock season ends. Give me the Wildcats. Arizona advances to the regional final. And then give me Loyola Chicago over Tennessee. I hate Tennessee this year. Uh, although they did just win the SEC tournament, their their offense away from home is still god-awful. Let's not forget this team dropped 46 points in a game, and that is bad. Um, and Loyola Chicago it, defense is stout. Very good defense. Solid offense, and once again, it is Loyola Chicago. This set up 
an Arizona, Loyola, Chicago, Elite A matchup, Elite Eight matchup in the Wildcats, the boys from around the world. Did you hear that? <laughs> yeah, the boys from around. All right, let me, let me, let me redo that. This is set up in Arizona, Loyola, Chicago. Did you hear that? Yes. <laughs> Sorry, my thing fell out. My uh, my headset. The seven Arizona Loyola Chicago Elite Eight matchup, and give me the boys from around the world, the Arizona Wildcats heading to New Orleans. Book it. Okay. Uh, a good region here, certainly. Um. But a lot of easy paths, if you will, for some of the top contenders. Arizona over Seton Hall, Arizona. Illinois bombs UAB. We have Tennessee in a tight one against Michigan. And Villanova over Loyola, Chicago. Arizona, Illinois, a rematch of one of the best games from the regular season. Give me Arizona once again. And this is is assuming Kirk Risa is ready to go. Obviously, uh, Brooks floated around some pictures in the chat today of his his ankle, and it did not look very fun. That was um, the most ugliest thing I've ever seen from an ankle. I don't know how that is possible. You don't break anything. Yeah, exactly. So hopefully he is ready to go. Um, but I'm going to go Arizona there, and then we are going to go the – Villanova Wildcats over the Tennessee Volunteers. Tennessee, I'm never going to bet them until I do truly see them make a run because they have had teams in the past with plenty of talent that fail to do anything because of Rick Barnes. Um, and then Arizona over Villanova. Um, honestly, I would say pretty easily. So the Cats are headed to the Final Four. Which All... Well, he said Arizona, so I'm going to no, assume. God dang it, uh, you missed So I'm going to assume it's the Arizona one, you know? You know what I'm saying? No. All right. Uh, here we jump into uh, the easiest region for me, at least until it comes down to the late eight matchup, but these earlier ones. Uh, pretty quick for me here. Uh, Kansas takes down Creighton and what could be an upset. That one is like the one in this round that I thought about the longest. But Kansas is going to pull it off in the end. But Creighton, after what they did to Providence, you can't count them out. Uh, Iowa takes down SD State. Wisconsin takes down Iowa State. Auburn beats USC. Kansas beats Iowa. Wisconsin loses to Auburn. I originally had Wisconsin going to the Final Four, but I've changed my mind there. Who knows what I will end with, but... Uh, that leaves us with the Elite Eight matchup of Auburn versus Kansas, two very good teams here. Um, I mean, what's not to like about this matchup? This could be the matchup of the tournament here. Uh, I mean, Ochai, obviously. I mean, that is a superstar talent. If you watched uh, some of the dunks that he put down in um, – their game against oh wait i'm i'm actually blanking <laughs> on who it was uh, i believe tcu tcu and that uh tournament game pretty wild there that is a superstar player 
versus Auburn, who, I mean, they've got all the talent in the world. And for that reason, you've always got to have that one loaded team. Normally it's a Duke, it's a Kentucky uh, in the final four, maybe sometimes a Virginia a few years back. But uh, this year that is going to be the Auburn Tigers uh, guys like um, Walker Kessler are going to feast uh, in this game. Jabari Smith, uh, you know, he's the guy. He's one of the most known names in college basketball right now. This team has the star power. Give me Auburn to the final four. Nice, true. The Midwest region, headlined by the Kansas Jayhawks. They take on the Creighton Blue Jays. Two birds in this one, folks, but give me Kansas in a blowout. I mean, blowouts. And now this next one. This, this could be a game defi- uh, could be a defining moment. One shining moment for the Jackrabbits. They knock off the Hawkeyes in a game where Iowa is just going to burn out, guys. They played four days in a row, and then they, they, they play Richmond, who was also tired. Slugfest, they win that. And then they play, get the day off, they play again. This game is in Buffalo going to be an Iowa heavy crowd probably for them there's also gonna be the Kansas crate fans in there the Cinderella story this year is the South Dakota um Jackrabbits now we go down to LSU against Wisconsin my friends and this is a game where I do like Wisconsin I think Wisconsin is, is gonna light them up I think they blow them out in this game and in a true home court advantage and then down we go to USC versus Auburn. USC Auburn. Oh my goodness. This is one of the best matchups of the tournament right here because USC, as I said earlier, is so completely underseeded as a seven. But dang, why do they have to stand up as a seven and play Auburn? I've got Auburn in this game. Auburn matches very well up against some of these teams. And then that's going to lead to Kansas versus South Dakota State. This one, uh, the, the Midwest region, it's going to be played in Chicago, going to be played in Chi-Town. Mefford, in fact, will be at this session. He's going to see Kansas beat South Dakota State, and then he's going to see Auburn knock off Wisconsin. As a Wisconsin fan, this Auburn matchup could not be worse. Who is guarding Walker Kessler? Who is getting boards over Walker Kessler? And Jabari Smith, I mean, he's not going to be able to be stopped in this game. Give me Auburn and Ned my Midwest final two of the best teams from this season, the one seeded Kansas Jayhawks, the two seeded Auburn Tigers. I don't think I've ever liked a Kansas team as much as I like this Kansas team. I've always thought they've been just like, what are they? They're always overrated, right? Nope, not this year. This is a legit Kansas team under Bill Self and Bill Self is tired of it. He's tired of losing in the sweet 16 Kansas to the final four. Okay, um, interesting. My Midwest bracket is starts off with Kansas and San Diego State, and I'm taking the Aztecs, the second-best defense in all of college basketball, and I'm the complete opposite of Will. I, I, I like Kansas every year, basically. This, this team does not give me March vibes. I don't like this team 
I like the Aztecs, even though they are, as Meff mentioned way earlier, are a one-man show. This defense is incredible. Moving on, I'll take the Hawkeyes, taking down South Dakota State. And I'll take my Cinderella story, the Colgate Raiders, taking down Louisiana State without the head coach. I don't know who their interim is, but he's fallen there. And I'm taking Auburn over Miami in a simple uh, um, pick, honestly. This is a sweet 16 matchup of San Diego State and Iowa, where unfortunately I'm going to have to take the Hawkeyes. And then Colgate and Auburn and just an absolute blowout. I mean, not even close, the Auburn Tigers which leads to an Elite Eight matchup of Iowa and Auburn and another game that won't be close, the Auburn Tigers. People are forgetting this team didn't lose for like two straight months. These guards just can't on can't continue to just play horrible. They were too talented for that. As long as KD Johnson is on, this team's going all the way to the Final Four. Okay. Now, Auburn was my pick for my first glance bracket, but not quite my winner when I reshuffled the draw. Um, game one, Kansas-Creighton. Uh, these two, It feels like these two teams have played each other um, at least a little bit during regular seasons of past years, and for the most part, Kansas has gotten the upper hand. Kansas... Um, obviously that's not the same story as it is in the tournament this year, but give me Kansas pretty big, uh, South Dakota state, Iowa, Iowa shoots SDSU out of the gym. They give them a taste of their own medicine. Um, LSU, Wisconsin, impossible game to pick. Honestly, the four, the four teams that are, uh, LSU, Iowa state, Wisconsin, Colgate, those are the four toughest teams, four of the toughest teams to pick. Like, it's literally impossible. Um, but give me Wisconsin somehow. And then USC, Auburn, give me the Tigers of Auburn. Um, Kansas, Iowa. Iowa's a popular pick in the spot, but Kansas is the better team. And then Auburn and Wisconsin, like he said, game that I will be at along with the other one, give me the Auburn Tigers, Kansas and Auburn, a good Elite Eight matchup. Jayhawks advance to the Final Four to avenge themselves after a tournament they should have won back in 2020 when it was canceled. All right. So there's all of that. And here it is, the Final Four, which will be down in New Orleans this season. Here's what I've got for you all. Am I just doing the whole thing, winner and all? All right. Um, so, first matchup here on the left side, we've got the Yukon Huskies versus the Kentucky Wildcats. These are two teams that have been some of the most successful in this century when it comes to March. And this is going to be a phenomenal game. But at the end of the day, I can't shake the vibe I get right now from this UConn team. 
give me the Huskies in this one. Um, RJ Cole, Adama, Sonogo, Tyrese Martin, and of course, Aycock, Aycock. What's not to love about this team? Uh, they have the chemistry and the starting lineup to get the job done here. And then on the right side, an easy pick. The dream comes to an end. A team that will likely not end up in my final final four. But uh, TCU is going to fall to Auburn in this one in a blowout. And that leaves us with um, a championship game between UConn and Auburn. And uh, I've been rolling with UConn ever since my first uh, look at the bracket. But, boy, am I considering Auburn right now. Um, a while back, I had uh, – I changed last second from the two-seed Villanova to Kansas, and that was the year Chris Jenkins hit the shot. And oh, all today, man, I have been getting that Villanova vibe that I never should have uh, changed way back then. Uh, I'm getting that vibe from Auburn right now. So this is tough. This is really, really, really tough. And um, at this point in time, um, I've told everyone that I have UConn, but at this moment right here, I am officially switching my champion from the UConn Huskies to the Auburn Tigers he, right here, right now. This is a star-studded team. As I said in my Elite Eight explanation, Jabari Smith, Walker, Kessler down low. What can you do about that duo? This is a team that, like, I mean, shoot, we all saw it at the Westfield Kokomo game last weekend. A dominant big man. You can't, like, if a dominant big man can take over a game, you can't stop it. And this is dominant big men. Auburn, this is subject to change. I can fight over myself all of this, but at this point in time, I am actually taking the Auburn Tigers. But for all the viewers, do not be surprised if you see my bracket and you see a Husky logo because I truly love this team and this is tearing me apart. This has been tearing me apart for the last like 15 minutes or so because that's all I've been thinking about. But whew, I'm rolling with the Tigers right now because I'm getting that Villanova vibe from this team. But man, like I said, RJ Cole, Sonogo, Martin, Whaley, this is a great great team with March written all over it. This is going to be an insane matchup, a national championship for the ages, but I'm taking Auburn right now. That's all I got. Okay, cool. That'd also be really cool to see the rematch between UConn and Auburn, but for me, I don't even have either of those teams in my final four. In New Orleans, we start off with the number two seed, Duke Blue Devils. The winners of the West region. And then the number three, Purdue Boilermakers. The winners out of the East region. In this game, I'm riding the Coach K final season wave. Duke gets it done in a thriller, man. What a season it was for Purdue. If they can get to this point, you know, you, you, you shouldn't be ashamed. Making the final four as a three seed. Duke heads to the national championship game. And then on the other side, we have the number four seeded, the South champions, even though they are not South, 
the Illinois Fighting Illini taking on the number one seed, the champions of the Midwest, a Midwest team, the Kansas Jayhawks in this game. It's going to be fun in the first half. I think Kansas rules in the second half, and people are going to be thinking this team's probably going to cut down the nets. But on April 4th, that's not what I'm going to be thinking. I don't like Duke in terms of favoritism, obviously. Like they're, they're a very hated team, but this is a Duke team that has the most talent in the whole nation. They have the most NBA players on their team. And I usually don't correlate those things, but um, Coach K, the motivation, the reason here to get this done. As, as Drew's changing his pick there, I'm not changing my pick. The Duke Blue Devils get it done in a thriller. One of the best games of all time, 80 to 78. I'm losing my voice. I'm sick. But Coach K goes out incredibly in New Orleans. All right. My final four, the West winners, UConn, take on the East winners, Kentucky. This is going to be a very good game. I'm going to take who I've been riding with this whole season the Kentucky Wildcats. If Kellen Grady can shoot, Kellen Grady will will this team, or not will, but will help this team so much to get to the championship. I'm taking Kentucky. And and then my South winner, Arizona, takes on my Midwest winner. (laughs) After... (laughs) Uh, my South winner, Arizona, takes on my Midwest winner, Auburn. What a matchup this is. Benedict Matherin, Christian Coloco, Kerr Kresa. Hopefully he can uh, be healthy. Versus Jabari Smith, Walker Kessler, and company. This is going to be such a good game, and it's really I, – I want to pick Auburn so bad just because off of how good they were this regular season, and they are super talented. But I'm going to have to take the boys from around the world, the Arizona Wildcats, to set up a Wildcat versus Wildcat national championship. Now, a lot of people are going to think I have Kentucky here, and, well – I have uh, wanted to put them there. And honestly, in my initial bracket, I had them losing in the round of 32 to the Murray State Racers. But something about this team just gave me those vibes that they're not going to do that. I'm taking the Wildcats of Arizona to win the 2022 National Championship by a score of 77-71. You know, Tommy Lloyd learned under Mark Few for 19 seasons. You know, he he learned everything, but Mark Few didn't teach him one thing, and that's how they win national championship. And sometimes in the real world, you got real world, you gotta teach yourself how to do some stuff. And Tommy Lloyd is gonna do that in his first season at Arizona. Not so fast. 
get on, Fall Guys. Okay, so if we think about this, my final four, UConn versus UCLA, Kansas versus Arizona. In game one, 630, uh, I don't know, is it 630 usually? Uh, UConn will be wearing their clean navies uh, against White from UCLA. The teams take the court. UCLA! Houses the Huskies sends them back to the pound. UCLA advancing to the national championship because of anger of last year where they felt like they should have been playing in that spot. The night capper, two number one seeds, Arizona versus Kansas. Give me the Jayhawks. And this is a pick I don't love by any means. Not because I don't think they're better than Arizona. I do. But more more or less because I feel like there are some other teams throughout the bracket that could be in the spot and make it to the national championship before Kansas. However, Arizona, a team with a first-year coach, Tommy Lloyd, has been incredibly successful. But thanks to ESPN stats, teams that were not ranked in the preseason and who ended up as one or two seeds have never been to the Final Four, so it would be a feat in itself for Lloyd to take this team to the Final Four. Give me Kansas, like I said, Jayhawks, defending what should have been their championship a few years ago, but in the national championship, UCLA takes down Kansas and is claimed national champions. Bruins, book it. All right, so that is the 2022 SPD uh, pod uh, March Madness brackets of 2022. We got an Auburn. We got the Bruins. We got it all uh, rolling around here. Crazy, crazy stuff across all the brackets. And this is the year where you can't really say that a pick is invalid because this regular season has been nuts. Absolutely nuts. This was the hardest bracket to fill out. There are going to be changes made for all of us, some drastic, some minor, before 12-15 on Thursday. Um, But, yeah, uh, that was a lot, a lot of fun. Going through that March Madness is quite literally the best time of the year. And, um, yeah, that was a great time. Thank you guys for uh, coming out here. Uh, talking for this time that we've spent quite a lot of time has ticked off the clock, but it was well, well worth it. Um, And yeah, that's all I got. Thank you all for tuning in and thank you guys for uh, talking here tonight. Awesome. Awesome. Glad we wrapped up one of the best episodes of the year. We hope you guys enjoyed and make sure to stay tuned and keep us Keep us responsible for our picks, please. Listen, to cap it off, remember one thing. One thing that is, no one is safe in March.